In the last week, I've spoken with a number of people who are facing a challenge in their life. A dad I know whose uh, son has had such malicious rumors spread about him that families are calling up his family to see if everything is okay. A friend who's taking a job in a field that they have no previous experience. A person who's been diagnosed with long COVID. A person whose cancer treatments no longer work. A person who's facing for the first time in their youth a, a class uh, that they just can't understand. They can't seem to, to manage and, and learn at the speed that they need to. Again, every week we face challenges in our lives. And today Joseph is given a challenge that is, is mind-boggling. Now we'll call it a Josephian task here. For long before mass transit and long before mass communication, Joseph is going to be asked to oversee the world's most fertile croplands and for seven years figure out a way to make people give over their grain, right, tax them, to store it up, build storehouses, organize this all, so that then the seven subsequent years, which are going to be a famine, that there will still be enough food, and he's going to have to figure out how to organize and distribute all of this. I mean, that is just an, an amazing challenge. And on top of all of that, Joseph is going to do this in a land and in a language that is not his own, right? He didn't grow up speaking Egyptian. So what a task. And what's quite striking to me is the calm with which Joseph accepts this, right? If we were given that kind of challenge, and when challenges come our way, it's really easy to try to deny them, to sort of ignore them, to run the other way, maybe to get hyper-combative. But Joseph just has this real calm, right? He knows what needs to get done, and he simply accepts the task. And when we think about Joseph's willingness to accept such a task, we might say, well, maybe he's just a super arrogant guy. Right? Maybe he's just, again, really arrogant. That's who he was as a kid. When he was so arrogant, he, he sort of got his brother so in a tizzy that they even wanted to kill him. But it turns out that Joseph really isn't arrogant. For when Joseph is brought before Pharaoh, and in the whole dialogue with Pharaoh, Joseph again and again pivots the conversation away from Joseph's own abilities, and he keeps saying, no, God, God can do this. God can do this. This is really about what God is going to do and what God will do. Joseph has learned a striking bit of humility and faith in his life. So it's not about arrogance. And maybe you might say, well, maybe Joseph just has sort of the biblical Midas touch where everything that he touches works. But that's actually not the story of Joseph. You, you know, Joseph has, has really faced a lot of setback and heartbreak. He was betrayed and by his brother sold into slavery. And then while there, he kind of figured out a way to do the right things. He became sort of master of the house, the chief steward. But then the mistress of the house betrayed him, and he ended up in prison, and then he sort of bubbled up there, and then so much so that Pharaoh's officials in prison came to him and had him interpret a dream, but then they forgot about him, and now he's called before Pharaoh again. Joseph's whole life is one big up and down, and Joseph keeps bouncing back. Joseph is neither arrogant nor overly confident. Rather, he is resilient. 
Again, Joseph is resilient, and I would like to offer that he is probably the most resilient person in the Bible, say, outside of Jesus. And resiliency and being resilient is something I've thought a lot about the last few years. All of us have been knocked down a couple of times in the last few years. Uh, right, whether it was whatever wave or whatever variant of the virus, whatever uh, changing restrictions and new policies where we work, changed relationships in our families, supply chains, inflation, you name it, and we've just been knocked down. And even now, this fall, when we're supposed to be back in a new normal, it doesn't quite feel like we're on solid ground yet. The question in the last few years is not whether you got knocked down. We all got knocked down. The question is, were we able to get back up? How resilient have we been? And we all know that resiliency has been demanded from us. And so I'm wondering, and I'd like to ponder with you, what we can learn from Joseph about how to become resilient. And one of the things about Joseph is that, of course, he's got these ups and downs, and we need ups and downs to become resilient. But everybody in their life has ups and downs, right? Everybody has days that are hard and days where the wind is at your back, right? Everybody's got those. But not everybody's resilient. What makes us resilient, I'd like to suggest, is how we tell the story about our lives. And I think really becoming resilient is about having what we might call sort of a resilient story or a resiliency narrative. And about how we tell, again, the story of our lives. So, for instance, let's say there's a kid who makes a ninth grade uh, sports team, say basketball, and they might feel good about themselves. But then later on in life, when they inevitably don't make a team, don't get a part, don't get a job, don't get a promotion, what do they have to go on? Right. On the other hand, if a person were to tell a story and say, in eighth grade, I didn't make a team, and then later on in life, they come to an obstacle, and they might say, well, this is kind of what happens to me in my life. Things don't work out the way I want them to. But if we put these together, we say, wow, okay, I didn't make the eighth grade team. So I went to the coach, talked to the coach about what I needed to do, and then I made the ninth grade team. The next time that person in life faces a challenge and things don't work out, they can go back and they can say, hey, you know, things didn't work out the way that I wanted them to, but I was able to work my way through it. You see, that's a resiliency story. My sense is that as, as Christians and our Christian faith can really give us the tools to, to really tell a powerful story of resilience in our lives. Because two of the sort of the pitfalls in telling a story of resilience in our life is the first is that we're reluctant to talk about the painful times. Nobody likes to sort of, in their own mind or other people, like sort of talk about some of the times in our life when we really messed up, sinned fell short of God's glory, or when other people were cruel to us, or we were abused, or were ashamed, right? We don't, we don't like to talk about that. But if we don't have, and we don't acknowledge those parts of our life, there's no resiliency story. At the same time, it can be easy when we start dwelling on the negative to get fixated on it, and to sort of not allow ourselves the permission to sort of acknowledge that things get better, right? Again, we can get stuck and just really focus on the negatives and the pain and the hurt. That's also not going to produce a story, a narrative of resilience. But our Christian faith, again, gives us some tools. Because at the center of the Christian story are obviously lots of people like Joseph, who God worked in their lives through bad times. 
But, but more deeply, really the center is the story of Jesus Christ. And, and Jesus obviously goes to the low of the low. Betrayed, denied, mocked, abandoned, crucified, died and buried. Right? Can't get worse than that. And if Jesus, that's part of Jesus' story, that can give us permission in our lives to talk about the fact that there really is brokenness and pain and sin and even death and grief in our lives. On the same time, the same token, that the story of Jesus kind of moves ahead and there's ultimately resurrection. There's an empty tomb. And this means that no matter how bad the situation is in our lives, there can always be redemption. God can always do a new thing. And what happens is that, again, we, we can have this permission then, in light of the story of Jesus, to say, in my life, there have been really hard times and really good times. There have been, in fact, this whole pattern in my life, again and again, of challenges and God's strength helping me overcome, of dying and rising, of sin and forgiveness. But I want to go a little bit deeper and say, look, everybody in their life is going to have some bad days and some good days. But again, what really streams it together and what allows us as Christians to really put this together into a powerful story that can help us become more resilient is when we start to sort of see in these two threads, the third that braids it together is the story of God and God's work in our lives. And that then when we can look back and we can say, you know what, like that really was a very difficult time. But I can see God at work in that time in my life. I can see God strengthening me, walking with me, sending me new friends, humbling me, challenging me, opening up my heart, showing me new gifts. And then we can sort of see then how, this, how God walked with us. And then afterwards, we again have this narrative of faith, of resilience, of a God who's at work in our lives, raising us up again and again. So that then when we confront or are confronted by the challenges of life, we can look back and we can say, wow, this is a big one. But I remember that time. I remember that season. I remember all of those seasons in which I was confronted by a challenge. And God was at work leading me, leading us through to the other side. So I don't know particularly what challenges confronted you this week or in your lives right now. But I do know that the way to move through them is not just to look ahead, but to look behind and recall for ourselves the mighty acts of God, the mighty works of God in our lives, of leading us in the past through those times, that now we can have the courage, the resilience to face the challenges that are ahead of us. Now, when we've been thinking about Joseph, we've not only been thinking about this in terms of our own individual lives, but also the life of of our congregation and where God is calling us. And I like to suggest, as I was thinking about then our church, that I think there's a real story of resilience in our congregation. And there have been plenty of people that have been here for decades and could share lots of stories. But I just think about really the, just the sort of the brief window that I've been here, the last six years. And again, I'm just struck by, by the resiliency in, in our community and the way God has been working. Uh, six years ago, when, when I came here, we had $185 in the bank account, we were going to lose $2,000 a week, and we had over $100,000 in bills we hadn't paid. We could describe this as a pickle, right? <laughs> it wasn't ideal, but we circled up, we worked together, we sacrificed, and we got through. 
Well, okay, just starting to kind of work our way out of that. And then uh, two youth died on our church property. And suddenly we became the epicenter of the community's grief. And people came and people prayed and people cried at our church for weeks and for months. And eventually we said, okay, we're going to build a permanent memorial. And right around the time of that memorial, we, we kind of built that all. At that time, it became clear that our visitation pastor, Irv Straw, whose cross I'm actually wearing today, uh, became clear that his cancer was progressing. And he would die that fall. And just as our sort of tears were sort of dried from that, that was March of 2020. And then we entered a season in which we worshipped upside down, inside out, right side up, backwards, forwards, online, every which way to do everything. And then we rose back up. And if we start to think about that in terms of God, we can see that in the past uh, few years that, that God has really been with us, uh, calling us forth, showing us new gifts, presenting us with new opportunities to serve, giving us space to welcome new people in. So yeah, when I think about the, the challenge ahead of us, what does it mean to be a church in a post-COVID, post-Christendom society? That's pretty daunting. But I think when I look back then, I can say, wow, but I know that God has been been with us and that God's going to continue to be with us as we move ahead so if you're sort of new to our church today or maybe you just kind of are like you know I, I like this talk about resilience but I don't really feel very resilient today in fact I, I kind of feel pretty pretty overwhelmed that's okay too resilience and being a resilient person doesn't mean we pop out of bed every day beating our chest saying I am ready for you life here we go you do that, you're on steroids. I want to know. Um, I, rather, I think resilience is this recognition that some days we don't have it. But we know that God does have it. And maybe for some of you today, you're ready to sort of proclaim that loudly. But even if you're not, know that we'll keep sitting with you until you too can, can rise up and say, like Joseph and like so many others, the Lord is my strength and my song. Amen.